0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, have you or a loved one been personally victimized by the dusty brown Buick Rendezvous in front of the Evergreen Cafe? It's on Penn Avenue in Point Breeze, and some kind of car has been blocking traffic in this exact parking spot for nearly 50 years. And it turns out there's a logical reason why. Wednesday, May 3rd. I'm Megan Harris and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. I'm with Hannah Kenny Cobrey who wrote a really fun piece for City Paper. Hannah, welcome first.
1: Hi, it's nice to be here.
0: Second, where do
1: you live? I live in Point Breeze, so I live around the corner <laughs> from the Evergreen. <upper laughs> <laughs>
0: I've been in East Ender, but the specific thoroughfare is brand new to me. I love how mad people are about it. Have you been in traffic there? Like, do you understand why people are mad about it? I do. Like, I have had to move around the car before,
1: you know, like, I've been one of the afflicted. And
0: that's the thing. Like, it's that it blocks traffic yes, it in this blocks specific spot that it's too narrow.
1: Yes. So, like, there's two lanes on Penn Ave and it blocks, like, and this is before Penn and Braddock meet. So, like... During certain times of day, there's a lot of traffic there of like people trying to get yeah. to square or whatever,
0: especially when the bridge was out.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> which I think also has kind of is one of the reasons there's so much like long suppressed anger is like the year the bridge was out, people were kind of losing it even more than normal. But yeah, it blocks one lane of traffic. So like if it's parked there, you have to go around. Um, And it creates kind of a bottleneck, which I think has caused much frustration over the years. And the card there, it belongs
0: to this guy, Phil. He's the owner of the Evergreen. What is this bar like? Like,
1: what brought Phil there? So the Evergreen Cafe, it's a bar that's been there. I mean, I can't remember exactly the date from the article, but it's been there for, I mean, Phil is 65. So it's been at least 60 or 70 years and so I guess to explain my personal connection to it is that, yeah. my uncle who was married to my dad's sister is Phil, the owner of the Evergreen's brother. And it was like a family bar. So like the entire time he was growing up, as he was telling me, like he and his brothers would always like go into the bar and, you know, like clean it to make extra money in high school.
0: Can you describe the space for me? Like the just the general vibe?
1: Yeah, it's like a very divey dive bar. So it's like cheap beer. Of course, that's a Pittsburgh tradition. I know, it has to be cheap beer. Um, (laughs) It's like, there's a lot of regulars there. Like if you come in at like a certain time, you will see people all watching Wheel of Fortune together.
0: You had a photo in your piece that had John Wayne in the background in front of like some wood paneling. And that feels like very true to a very specific kind of spot in the city.
1: Yes. And it's, I mean, that's the thing is that like, there's a bunch of random decor in the bar, but it's like very much all decor that I think comes out of, like, the bar's history or, like, the Bacharach family particularly. <laughs> so, like, the John Wayne, for example, Phil's mother, Lena, who I met uh, before she passed away a couple years ago, she, I, like, would go over to her house sometimes when I was growing up, just as, like, a big family gathering, like, Christmas or whatever. And uh, she had a wall in her house, like, devoted to, jo- like, she loved John Wayne. Yeah, yeah. No, I, so... kn- I know
0: this wall. My grandmother had a John Wayne next to Jesus next wow. to Ronald Reagan. Yeah, it was the, it was the Holy Trinity. <laughs>
1: That's a beautiful, beautiful trio,
0: right? Um, So a lot of your story was built on social media complaining. Um, Did you have any favorite comments that you saw?
1: I mean, there's a lot of them. Um, Should I pull them up? Yeah, why not do it? All right. Let's see. Pittsburgh personified. (laughs) So the original Reddit post, I'm just going to read it off my phone. Yeah. So the original Reddit post that got a screenshot reposted was to the asshat parked on Penn Ave near the intersection of Braddock at 315 on a rainy Friday afternoon. I wish you a weekend full of diarrhea with no toilet paper. Wow. So already we're getting kind of the sense of uh, extreme, extreme anger that people have.
0: Yeah. Pittsburghers have venom in
1: very, like, specific ways. Yes, they do. Um, so let's see. Thank you. It's been like 18 years of wondering pent-up aggression. This one post is worth about 20 therapy sessions.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And then some one person said, which I actually do see a point of, this isn't even a negative comment, y'all going to miss that one car when they turn the whole area into luxury condo developments in a Condado Taco.
0: Oh, that's a deep burn. Nobody's ready
1: for that. I know. It's true. We can't handle it, but it's true.
0: Do you like to dance? So let's get to why uh, brother, uncle Phil is there. Um, According to the city, he can legally park there. Can you explain the rules around what he can and can't do?
1: Yeah. So if you look at the sign in front of the bar, it only prohibits parking Monday through Friday from 2.30 to 6.30. So any time outside of that, so like the weekends or before 2.30 or after 6.30 are technically fair game.
0: Is it just literally physically one parking spot there? I saw no, the sign; you can't the, quite it's tell. it's a whole
1: stretch of Penn Ave. But you nobody can, else does it. Yeah, no one else does it. Like sometimes you will see people parked on the other side of Penn Ave. But like, yeah, there are parts of Penn Ave that you can park on and he's just the only one whoever exercises.
0: Yeah. So it's not that it's illegal. It's just that he has the audacity.
1: Yes. He is stubborn. He's committed to it. He thinks it's his birthright and he's sticking to it.
0: Well, but in the Reddit comment you just read, you said that that person saw him there at 315. Uh, So do we know if Phil is abiding by the rules? I don't know.
1: I, he would not reveal that to me. He, he basically did say to me that he does, So I do wonder, I mean, I don't know, um, and maybe some other intrepid person can go back and ask him. Um, But I will say that I do wonder how many people don't realize that, like, on the weekends, it's fair game for whenever. So, like, you might see him park there between those hours on, like, a Saturday. But I don't know.
0: Yeah, where does Phil park between 2:30 and 6? Did he you ask? He probably
1: parks around the corner cuz like there's a bunch of side streets. Yeah. Um and so either that or he's just not there cuz also the thing too is that he lives like really close to the bar. Like he lives like a couple blocks away. And this didn't make it into the article, but he says to me, like, the reason I drive my car and park there, even though, like, I live close by, is because, like, I have to go get liquor, you know, I have to go, like, take bottles that need to be recycled to construction junction. So, like, I do need to, like, bring my car because, like, I need it to run the bar.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, we here at City Cats Pittsburgh tried our best to figure out uh, who is even in charge of those parking spots, um, like how it gets approved in the first place. I'm pretty sure it's the zoning department, but I did not get any response from the city. Um, Public safety said it's not on them, that they only enforce the parking. Um, So it remains a mystery. I was surprised how difficult it was to Google my way into this answer.
1: Yeah, I also attempted, like, to see if I could get a reason for it when I was working on the article, not because I was approaching it from, like, a true, like, journalist hard-hitting perspective. Uh, I kind of meant it more as a profile, but I also could not get any answers.
0: (laughs) Well, so if Phil knows that he is being so much trouble to many hundreds of Pittsburghers over the years— I guess, even some car crashes that you wrote about, too, that he, he has been personally victimized by his own parking.
1: He told me his car has been hit. Different cars over the years has been hit over 10 times. So why keep parking there then? I mean, he is committed. He is stubborn. And I think, like, his dad parked there before them. He's been parking there for 50 <laughs> years. And I think he's like, I'm just going to keep doing it. You can't stop me. And I also think, too, he said to me, was like, there's a lot of things in the city that don't make any sense, you know? Well, I mean, people save spaces all the time. You think about parking in Lawrenceville, which is like kind of a nightmare, and you'll see people, you know, trying to like do whatever they can to reserve a space. The and... parking chair, cone, actual whole table,
0: like that's a time honored tradition.
1: Yes. And I mean, Phil has the cone with the flag, and that's his that's his thing that he uses. But he is he's just like, This is my spot. I can park here. I'm allowed to park here. I don't care what anyone thinks. Like he just does not care. Does it bother him that he's been hit so many times? Uh, no, he he seems pretty relaxed about it, which is surprising to me, because if my car kept getting hit in the same spot, I don't think I would feel the same way. But, um, yeah, I mean, in the story, I talk about how he's had at one point one of his cars got hit and he was like, great, I'm so excited about this because I hated that car and now I can get a new one. Good for him, honestly.
0: Um, well, so I know uh, social media was a big part of why you started this piece in the first place. Um, have you heard anything from people since now that they oh, have met the man behind the Buick? I certainly
1: have. Uh, I yeah. So this kind of it it definitely blew up <laughs> on social media, which. On one hand, is great for me because my actual like full time job at City Paper is to manage the social media. <laughs> well, this uh, was great for you. So, if you said something about the article, I can guarantee you that I saw it, and if I didn't like it, I'm just not acknowledging it. I'm I'm embodying Phil actually uh, in my attitude towards it. Um, But, yeah, so I got a lot of comments. A lot of people, I think, read it and were very mad at Phil. I think maybe it only added fuel to the fire, which I felt a little bad about, almost, like, just on the level of, like, even though I don't know Phil particularly well, I'm like, I don't want to blow up, quite literally blow up his spot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because a lot of people, too, were, like, using it as a rallying cry, like, yes, like, let's call the city and, like, we're going to get this dealt with. Like, call your city councilor right now, like— as if that, you know, was going to be the thing that somehow changed the parking regulations on this mysterious stretch of Penn Ave.
0: I mean, activism can take down a jag off here and there, but we'll see if it fills one yeah, of them.
1: I would be shocked if it did, because I also think even if they tried, Phil just like wouldn't acknowledge it and would keep parking there. Um, but yeah, I, I saw a lot of comments. I think a lot of people thought that he came off as, uh, like very smug or very sanctimonious, which I didn't feel like that because he's like a pretty, if you go into the bar, he's a pretty nice guy, you know, he's nice, he's chatty, he does his job. Like he doesn't mean it with any malice necessarily. He's just stubborn and he doesn't care. I think I meant for it to be funny. And a lot of people like saw it more as like a condemnation of Phil Uh, which was interesting to me.
0: See, to me, I read this and I'm like, this isn't Phil's fault. This is the city. This is the city for allowing a parking problem to persist for more than 50 years.
1: Yeah, like it's a structural problem and not an individual problem. But Phil is, I guess, just the messenger in this case, uh, who is just, you know, committed to upholding the messed up parking laws of (laughs) Pittsburgh.
0: Well, Hannah, thank you so much for bringing us this story and for telling us the tale of Phil. Hey,
1: it was my pleasure.
0: A little more news before you go. Breast cancer screenings just became more accessible in Pennsylvania. Governor Josh Shapiro signed legislation this week requiring insurance companies to cover the cost of genetic testing and supplemental screenings for people at high risk of developing breast cancer. WESA reports that the bill passed unanimously in the state House and Senate, something we can all agree on. And it's the first bill Shapiro signed since taking office and a new entertainment space is coming to the North Shore. Sorry, that term is just ridiculous. The Dining and Entertainment Hub is supposed to be part of a new apartment building that's going up near PNC Park. I guess the idea is that fans can gather there before and after Pirates games. Next, Pittsburgh says the hub doesn't have an official name yet, but it'll include a performance space, pergola, outdoor tables, and a main green space for communal gatherings. It's expected to open before the 2025 Pirates season. Season. That's all for today here on City Cast Pittsburgh. If you're liking the show, please tell someone, rate us, leave us a review, and make sure you're subscribed to that Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. RIP vehicles.
1: Yeah, RIP vehicles.